0: amen to that be seated if you will we want to officially welcome each and everyone present today we're glad you're here we welcome those who are tuning in live with us in the stream uh, we thank you for uh, worshiping with us as well and we trust that our time together will be uh, that which uh, points our hearts and our minds heavenward and we realize the, the potential of tapping into uh, God's power that is readily available uh, for each of us and so uh, thank you for being here and those who are our guests we're glad you're here as well and I uh, trust that you just feel at home with us as we worship today. So let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you that you give us opportunity to be able to worship together in spirit and in truth and be able to uh, realize your goodness and your grace and your power. We thank you for all the provision and care as well. And we pray for many of the needs that we have in our own congregation as well as all over our community and world. And uh, ask your hand uh, to be gently uh, so so ever gently upon each and every request and each and every need uh, We thank you for being our father, uh, being our provider and our friend And may our worship be that which blesses your name Lifts you up above all else and draws us closer unto your care In your name we pray, amen Well guys, you know when you, when you think about why you and I have life today It is because of the power of God that's made evident uh, through Jesus Christ that as we commit our life to live for God and commit our life uh, to be in relation to the Lord God, then you and I understand what is available for each of us. You know, not only the availability of having relationship, but availability of God's presence with us every step we go in life. When we're at a crisis, we cry out to God. When we are in celebration and joy, we, we give thanksgiving to God. When we have a particular need, we ask God for, for His uh, work in our life. And yet, when we're thinking of of plans and, and our future and looking to, to accomplish something uh, grand in the scheme of our life in planning, we look to God for guidance and direction. So you and I understand as born-again believers that we have readily available uh, in God through relationship the power to accomplish great large and small things for His kingdom. And so today I want to think about that power. Now I ask you, you know, I, I look at this message and you think about the power of the gospel. What does it do for you and I? And I can't help but think of Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It's probably a verse that you can quote, a verse that you are very familiar with, you know, that says in, in verse 16, as well as verse 17, I think the two really in its context go together. Obviously, uh, it's hard to separate the two, that, what I mean. But in verse 16 of Romans chapter 1, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel... Because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it, God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. It says here that God's power for salvation is available. And it's why is that because of our belief In the Lord God Himself. And you and I are not ashamed of that relationship. We're not ashamed of that salvation. We're not ashamed of God working in and through our lives. We're not ashamed of the message of salvation. We're not ashamed to share that message with those around us. It's something we're proud of in a good sense of the term. And we're wanting others to know what is important in our own life. Now, when you think of power, when you hear that word power, what comes to mind? You know, when you hear the word power, now in the context of of what I've already said, it's easy to think of the power of God. But if you were in everyday life going about and someone says, hey, tell me your definition of power, and it catches you off guard, you may automatically think of something like, going into your home, and you realize there's no power. You call the power company, and you say, hey, something's wrong here. I have no lights. I have no electricity in my house. And all of a sudden, you know, a couple hours later, you hear click, click, click. The refrigerator comes on. The freezer comes back. And all of a sudden, every light switch in your house has been turned on because you went through the house and forgot to cut them back off after. And all of a sudden, your house is all lit up. And you realize, oh, it's good to have power back again. Hello, <laughs> that's all right. Hello, and then and then you know you think about going out and cutting your grass, and and you are pulling you're pulling over and over to try to get that thing to to turn over and crank. And all of a sudden, you know, after twenty or thirty times, after it being stored up for the winter, finally it cranks, and you think, oh, I got power power to this mower or when you go to you to plug in a lamp that you haven't worked and hadn't worked in a while or you haven't had it working in a while and and all of a sudden you you plug it in and the bulb comes on you understand the power it's got to have a connection that's the point point. and all those things whether it be a lawnmower or lights in a house or a refrigerator to run, or the ignition switch to be turned, or the button to be hit, and your car cranks, it's got to have some type of connection. And if the connection is broken, there is the loss of power. The Lord God never wants any loss of connection. He never relishes in the fact that you and I may walk away, turn our back, and lose that connection to lose the source of power that is made readily available every day for your life and mine. It is His desire that we are connected and remain connected to the true source of life. As Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if the branches want to bear fruit and to be plentiful and to flourish, the branches have to stay connected to the true source, which is the vine. If they're not connected to the vine, what happens to the branches? The branches wither and die. And so God knows that the key is the connection to the power that He's made readily available every day for your life and mine. And if any point in our life we are ashamed of the gospel of salvation, then we've got a problem. We've got a problem because we're basically saying to God, I like it with all my lights off and I don't need power. I like it that nothing works and no connection is happening in my life. We're saying to God, we are not wanting to be a part of your kingdom. And that's, that's hard to say back to God, isn't it? As a believer, we do not want that. And we want everyone who's not a believer to become a believer and understand the power that God gives so let me go over a couple, about four things of the power that God gives to us. The power that God gives to us, and first of all, is the power of salvation. If you look in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, verse 9 1 John 1, verse 9, it says this. That's not the verse I'm looking for. Whoops. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the power of salvation is that. That when you and I give our life to God, He gives us cleansing. Now, the beautiful picture is this. We can come to God in all our wretched state. We can come to God as an unbeliever. We can come to God in all our uncleanliness. We can come to God in all of our unrighteousness and at the point of our life when we say to God, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm tired of dealing with this junk of my life. I'm, trying to, I'm tired of working out my way in life. I am now ready to surrender my heart to you. Lord God, will you come live inside me? Will you give to me what I can't give myself? Will you save me from the sin of my life? And the power of salvation takes over. The, cleansiness, the cleansingness and the, and, the, and the washing and the re- rebirth and the regeneration of our soul happens when we surrender our life to God. That's the power of salvation. That's the power that says you are now His. And there's nothing that could ever remove you from the palm of His hand. There's nothing that could ever remove you. You could ever ever do anything that would say to God, I'm tired of you. God's not going to turn His back because we're His. That's the power of salvation. That's the power of salvation that helps us to look back in the mirror and say, I like what I see. It's the power of salvation that, that when we're able to do something, we say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's realizing that when I have a need, I can cast my need upon God because his, with His riches and glory, He will meet that need. That's the power of salvation at work in your life and mine. The very elementary yet most important part of a Christian's life is that power of salvation. It's when you and I are on our deathbed and you and I are breathing our last breath, we have the hope of eternal life. Why? Because the power of of salvation when we're standing there waiting for the anticipation of the new arrival of our child or our grandchild and we realize that we are expanding the generation and we have the opportunity to grow that child up into the admonition of the Lord that's the power of salvation at work in our life passed on to the next generation the power of salvation is the key that unlocks the door of being connected to Almighty God, the source of all power. He becomes our everything. He becomes our living water. He becomes our our shepherd. He becomes the door of protection. He becomes the bread of life. He becomes the great I am. And the power of salvation helps us to see the greatness of the I am. It helps us to understand that we are in, in relationship to the God who created the entire world. That we are in relationship to the one who resurrected his son from the grave. We are in connection to the one who holds all power in his hands. Power of salvation. And if you've committed your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that power. Because you have received that salvation. Because God cleanses us from all our sin and all the unrighteousness. He forgives us of all those sin and cleanses us for all unrighteousness. Man has made great strides, but none of the achievements can bring forgiveness and cleansing to our heart and soul. Only God can do that. The gospel is the power of God to bring salvation and to bring life to all mankind. And when we surrender to God in total commitment, the Holy Spirit cleanses us and fills us with the power and the love of God unlike any other source in our life. The second second part of what God gives to us in power is based on Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 and it is the power of serenity. The power of serenity. And why don't you just say peace? Well, there's two, two ideas here. I want you to think of that word serenity for just a moment and peace. But in Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 it says this, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in serenity in Christ Jesus. Now you understand the word serenity. There's something different when you, you and I, when we commit our life to Christ, we have the power of serenity because we have an understanding, an understanding that it's hard to grasp all of who God is, we know that, but our minds are cast within that understanding of a peace that passes in our own heart and mind that gives to us serenity of life. It's realizing that even in the midst of a pandemic, there's still peace and there's serenity. Even though there are fears out there and it's caused lots of adjustments in the world at large, not only economically, but in the way we behave and the way we do things and the way we hug or not hug, handshake or not handshake. It changes the way we meet and where we meet and how we meet and how we talk and where we are. It changes all those things, but there's still a peace and a serenity even in the midst of all of this. Because you know who's, who holds the key that unlocks the door to greater availability of power beyond what the world could give. The power of serenity. You know, when you and I do something wrong, we understand the restlessness (laughs) that happens in our life. Now think back over your mischievous days for just a moment. Think about those times when mom and dad were not looking and you, you guys may have been hiding behind a bush and you had a little rock in your hand and a car was coming by, and you thought it was going to be a cool idea, and you threw that rock at that car from behind that bush, and you hear ting, and it tickles you to death that you accomplished the task until the car slams on brakes, turns around, and starts chasing you. Then something happens. You run into your house. You hide behind your blinds, and they come knocking at the door, and you act as if no one's there, Now, all of a sudden, while they're knocking on the door, guess who shows up in the driveway, Mom and Dad, and they begin to question after it's all gone, after they're all gone, why were those men knocking on your door? Oh, I don't know, Mom. I don't know, Dad. Well, they said a rock hit their car. Let me see your hand, son. Why is there dirt on your hands? Why has your knees got dirt on your knees? Were you throwing that rock? No, sir. And you get out of it. You convince them it wasn't you and yet all the while there's an unrest unrest within you because you know you've lied to mom and dad. That sounds like a personal experience, doesn't it? (laughs) It happened and I got caught. But there's an unrest, you know, unrest. During that time, there's no peace. There's no serenity. But yet when you and I... Commit our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Even in our sinful state, there's a serenity. That we know God's got this. That we have a father we can call on and we can confess our sin and we know he'll cleanse us. It's not a license to sin, but we know that you and I have that care and that provision when we say, Father, I have sinned against you and I'm sorry. I'm committing to not do it again. Will you help me? And we understand that when we make that confession, God hears us. He doesn't run from us. He's not shocked from from it. And he says, I'm glad you're you're trusting me and you're, you're placing your life in my hands and you're saying that the unrest is in you, that you can't find rest and you can only find it when you confess to me. The power of serenity is beyond belief. It's when you can smile even though on the inside you're heartbroken. It means that you can go on with life even though you've faced a major calamity. There's a peace and a serenity that only God can give in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of fear. There's a serenity and peace that only God can give. And when you and I connect to the power of salvation, we have the power of serenity. The peace that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus, and nothing can take that away. That's the power that's made readily available for you and I. Millions may be searching for security through education, through popularity, through economics, through jobs, through careers, through relationships through all sorts of civic organizations, whatever it is, they may be trying to get the accumulation of what they're searching for and the accumulation of security. The only real, lasting source of security is found in the gospel, that which you and I commit to that we're not ashamed of, the gospel of salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, salvation is the key that unlocks the door to greater power that's made readily available to each of us. Earth's treasures (laughs) will wear out. They will rust and they will decay. The love of God, the salvation, and the assurance of eternal life are forever. They're lasting and they are eternal. You know, when you think of, when I think of uh, the rust and decay You go back into the Gospels, and Jesus says that, that we are to store up treasures, treasures where moth and rust do not destroy. Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. You see when you and I realize that what we're chasing is not the things that moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal that we're chasing something else that we're storing up something of greater value that's when we have serenity. That's when we understand peace that passes all understanding. Peace that blows our socks away. Peace that blows the top. The peace that says, how in the world can you do this in the midst of all that you're going through? You say, because it's the power of salvation that I've connected to and I'm not ashamed of it and it's the Lord Jesus Christ who's part of my life. I'm connected to Him in a relationship. Nothing's going to take me from it and I have the peace of God within me. That's the power made readily available for you and me. A third thing about what the power that God gives is the power of security. You find in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and just kind of backing up to just verse 3, just to read it all in its context through verse 5, of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and according to His great mercy... He has given us new birth, here's that salvation again, into a living hope through the resurrection, here's the power of Jesus Christ from the dead, into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, unfading, kept in heaven for you who are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready To be revealed in the last time. We're talking about protection and security. I mean, how many of us will, will, will admit that at one time in our life, as a child, cover your two children's ears here, that as a child, we thought that there was some type of creature or monster under our bed or going to snatch us in the middle of the night. At some point, we've had, as a child, we had great fear and yet, when we're in the presence of our parents or in presence of someone else, that fear goes away. And you feel like you're okay. You're protected. And you're safe. How many of you have gone through a natural catastrophe like a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake or some other type of fires like they're having the, the awful, awful fires that are happening out west? We need to pray for those families and pray for those workers. And, and when, when all of that's raging, we lose the sense of protection. The things that, that we have in our, in our grasp is no longer there. It's taken away from us. And we feel as if we're, we're left exposed to all those things. And we don't have the security anymore. or We don't have the protection anymore like we thought we had. But when it comes to the security and the protection of the Lord God, it has nothing to do with the house we live in or the people we're around or the places we go or the catastrophes that happen. It has all to do that wherever we are in whatever circumstance, there is security, there is protection from Almighty God. Why? Because of our first connection to the power of salvation. Remember, it's the key that unlocks the door to the greater discovery of the power made readily available for you and I. So the power of security. Back in 1989, when Hugo hit this area, who was living here during that time? Anybody? All right. Frank, you stayed in your house, buddy, one mile away from the ocean when that thing come roaring in. And Mike, you were here? Who else was, was here? So Teresa and a few others. And I know those who are uh, zooming in on us or are, are, are alive with us understand it as well. Knowing that what was coming, my mom and dad lived there in Ocean Lakes Campground. We had Oceanfront property. After Hugo, it's seven rows deep. And so when it hit, lost connection with mom and dad. I got on a plane I was in school in Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, and I got all the way to Raleigh, Durham, and then had to take a bus from Raleigh into Myrtle Beach. No power, no connection. Of course, cell phones were not as popular back in the the late 80s, but there was no cell towers available. They're all knocked down. There's no ATMs that can work. There's no grocery stores that are open. There's no power all along the Grand Strand, and inland all the way to Hartsville, South Carolina. Roofs knocked off, beach houses gone, sand that you saw on the beach was now out on 17. All sorts of things, a total disarray. Remember the real estate, you know, that y'all, y'all saw. And the thing that people lost was Protection. Standing in line at the Mer- with the American Red Cross, getting your milk and your bread and a few little items like paper plates and napkins was a luxury. Didn't have to worry about money because you couldn't spend it. There was nowhere to spend it, nowhere to go. Hotels wasn't open, the tourism stopped, the place was dead. People lost their security, they lost their security blanket. They didn't have a home to go back to. My mom and dad were homeless. Others were homeless. It was gone. No security. No protection. Watch people cry and didn't know what to do because they had one thing and come back to nothing. You see, that's what happens in life. But when that happens, there's still a security that cannot be taken away the houses can go and and all the money can be gone and every place that you desire to be is no longer available but there is security and a peace that passes all understanding within us because of the Lord Jesus Christ that's the power made readily available when your world crashes amongst you that you can hold your head up high and someone says how can you do it in the midst of this and you say, because of, my, because of my relationship to the God who owns this world and who foresaw everything that I'm going through before I ever went through it. And he says, I'll make you stronger. My strength is ready for you. One of the, one of the great things about that story, I was teaching a Sunday school class back in 1989 as a seminary student in our, in our church. You did a lot of, Uh, a lot of volunteerism in seminary and through churches, uh, not for grades, but because you wanted to be in the flux of all those things, just connected so that you can apply all this great learning that you thought that you were on top of the world with and you can apply it to all those areas. And I had this precious senior adult lady Sunday school class. They were just golden and they let me fumble and stumble and make all sorts of mistakes and theologically probably presented them things that they'd never heard of before in their life. And they still loved me. And I stood every, every Sunday before those ladies and they were so precious. And when Hugo hit, I said, I need to go to South Carolina and I don't have any measure or any way to do it and those ladies took up a collection of money right there on the spot so I could buy a plane ticket to get here to help my mom and dad and all that sort of stuff and you know and when and you know the whole time you know and they even gave me money to put in my pocket in case I needed it to spend went back with the same money in my pocket as I left cuz there was nothing to buy and and I remember that little group of ladies that when I left them, you know, I knew I had a group of ladies who were praying for me. And when I returned, and only missing one Sunday, and I returned the following, there they were, ready to hear great stories of how God protected and provided and all those sorts of things, which I shared with them over and over. But it was something like walking back into the, it was like walking back into the home where I needed to be in the protection of those women, as precious as they were. There is a security that you and I have that you don't have to pay a subscription to monthly. And you don't have to worry about hitting a keypad. It's a security that's given and it's blanket coverage. And you don't have to pay for it. It is automatically given because God says, because you've connected your life, to the gospel of salvation in which you are not ashamed of that you're living by i give you that security i give you that serenity i give you that peace i give you that protection guaranteed so the power that god gives is beyond what we could ever imagine and dream in the world in which we live and last of all is this the power that god gives is the power for service. Millions may be searching for security and yet never find it, and yet those who connect their life to Him finds that security and realizes that in the salvation and serenity and security, it propels us forward like running down the, the, the long marathon and we poke our chest out to break the tape or we get onto this diving board and we run to the end and we springboard off the diving board into our area of service. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses unto the ends of the earth. In Samaria, Judea, everywhere, into the ends of the earth, it says, You will become my servants. It's not because of obligation that you and I say, okay, you've given me cleansing, you've given me forgiveness, you've given me life, you've given me power, and as a result, I'm obligated now to serve you for the rest of my life. That's not what it's about. It is a glad tidings that you realize that has come to you. Great news, good joy I give to you this day in your life, in your own city in which you live. And I give you this power, and as an expression of gratitude, excitement, love, and and wanting to serve serve the Lord, we act in His service. And when we do, we receive power. Power to accomplish all that he wants us to accomplish, to become his witnesses all over the world, to be able to stand with someone, with someone when they say, how, how do you have this in your life? What did you connect to? What's the meaning of your life? And you say, it's because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you like, would you like to make that connection with him today? It's the, it's the power that says to you, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's the power within us that says, I can travel to a foreign country and serve as a missionary. I can commit my life as a pastor for the rest of my life. I can serve as a volunteer missions. I can go on mission trips. I can teach a Sunday school class. I can work with the, the special needs children. I can do all things. Why? Because of the power of his service that's within us. It's not from obligation or dread. It is from total commitment to God, knowing that we're cleansed, knowing that we're filled with the Holy Spirit that empowers us for everyday life. I remember my first time preaching in an evangelism setting. I was in college and we were out traveling for the summer working for the South Carolina Baptist Convention, traveling from church to church, two churches a week all through the summer and all over the state. And the churches would prepare for, for us to come in and lead the revival as, as young men and women. And we would conduct the service, lead the worship, uh, spend time with the youth and children. We would, we would preach the services. And I remember the first time Great Falls, South Carolina. Second Baptist Church in Great Falls, Bill and Darlene. And I stepped up to the steps. It seemed at that time that it was about 1,000 steps up to get to the sanctuary, which was only probably about four or five. And there was a metal railing and bushes on each side. And right before I walked into the building, the evangelism director for the state of South Carolina says, Benji, I I forgot to tell you. You're preaching today, not me. And I said, Mr. Beale, what are you talking about? I don't have anything prepared. He said, you're preaching today, and you're going to depend on God to do it. You know what I did? I let everybody go into the building. I reached over the railing, and I lost my breakfast. (laughs) You know, but when I stood up to preach that day, I never missed a lick and never missed a beat. Why? Because God saw it before I did. And His power was there for His service. Now, I don't want to be in that situation ever again. I want to be prepared and know what I'm going to say before I'm going to say it. And I want to be studied up and all those good things. But if the time comes and I'm called on in the inkling of a a drop of a hat or or a, a drop of a needle, I should be ready to serve Him and know that His power is made readily available to me to be able to act in that service. That's the power you and I have. Why? Because of the key that unlocks it all, the power of salvation that has been given to us, that we've committed our life to, to live forth from this day forward. The power of God is amazing. Those who are weak, those who are faltering, those who are lacking in courage and lacking in concern, they lack the power to do God's work. But those who are in commitment to God, who know they are cleansed and know they're filled, knows what God knows that God is preceding them before they ever do it. Surrendered Christians are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. That doesn't sound like a profound statement, but when you and I understand it, it becomes very profound. It enables us to work, it enables us to witness, and it enables us to see the lost come to Jesus Christ through the efforts of our service. Who would have ever thought that, I mean, think about it. Who would have ever thought that putting together a simple shoebox could change the world? Samaritan's Purse, the Operation Christmas Child, we're always a part of, and are in the midst of right now, that could open the door all over the world to share salvation to children in their known language, raising up the indigenous population and presenting the gospel to that world in their language. All because of a little shoebox. It was not just a grand gesture or a grand idea that someone said, I'm going to do this and change the world. It is the power of God at work Through the act of service that someone says, I commit this to you, God, and I let you do whatever you want with it. And he can take one box and turn it into millions and he can change thousands of lives in the process. Why? The power of service. That's why someone could be a shy, timid child and stand before a congregation and preach Sunday after Sunday. It is the power of service of that service, the power of the Holy Spirit in the midst of that service that you offer to God. God sees it. He honors it. Yes, we blow it sometimes. Yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we we probably got, why'd you do it that way, man? I'm sure there were times he's thinking, "Mm, you messed it up, but you know what? My power can take whatever mistake you've made and I can turn it around for the good. My very first sermon, At age 16 preaching from from that in in the book of Timothy I was preaching on sin and I was outlining it and explaining it and doing it from a very elementary way that everybody in that congregation there was nothing I was telling them that was new they had heard it before but there was one thing I forgot to do before I went into that pulpit and I forgot to confess my own sin And the more I preached about it, the more convicted I came. And the more convicted I came, the more I wanted to quit. And I quit in the middle of the sermon. Went down the aisle and out the front door and left. And said to him, I can't preach this anymore because my life's filled with sin. But you know what God did? He got the sinful out of the room so that he could start working. Two people committed their life to Christ at the invitation. I don't know what happened in that building. All I know is an 80 year old man committed his life to Christ, an eight year old girl. And I was able to see them baptized because God did something in spite of me. See, that's the power of the Holy Spirit at work through that service that you give Him. Never underestimate the power of your service. The baking of bread and delivering it to your neighbor. Or the making of cookies. Or the sending out of cards with chocolate. Whatever you're doing, don't ever underestimate the power of your service. The times you call someone randomly and say, Hey, I'm thinking of you today, and I want to pray with you right here over the phone. Or you go and you you have lunch with someone to, to find out more about who they are and where they are spiritually. And you connect with them and you find out in that connection that they're missing something and you're helping them. And it may take years or it may take months and you begin to disciple them. Never underestimate the power of your service because God is at work all because of those who've committed their life connected to the power of salvation, who's already given you serenity, he's already given you security, and now he's given you power for your service. That's the power God gives. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of salvation. It goes on to say again, that it's, it's to everyone, given to everyone who believes Surrendered Christians are empowered by the Holy Spirit, enabling them to work, to witness, and to win those to the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, not a profound statement, but when you begin to live it, it becomes profound. What do you need to do today to tap into the real source of power? I know I could have asked you that question a long time ago. And you could have answered it. But hopefully, in going through this message, it helps you to understand that if there is something missing, then this is the time to to do an adjustment. Or if you're missing the greatest source of power, the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no greater time than right now. Well, one day I'll get around to it. Well, folks, that one day may never come You remember the story in Acts when Paul goes to the governor, Felix? And Felix puts Paul in prison because Paul was speaking about the gospel of Jesus. And it was rumored that he was stirring up riots. And so to get rid of Paul, they put him in prison. And then Felix called for Paul. And as Paul stood before the governor, he said to him, he preached to him of righteousness. He preached to him about sin. And he preached to him what he needed to do to commit his life to the Lord God. And Felix says, get rid of Paul. Throw him back in prison. Get rid of him. And he began to tremble. He was so convicted of the Holy Spirit within him. He's so convicted. He began to tremble all over. Just shaking. Get rid of him. You know what happened to the governor? History writers tell us that he basically said to Paul, he said, when I get good and ready to deal with that message you give me, I'll call you. Don't call me. The history writers tell us that Felix never had another day to call on Paul on that message. Why? Why? Because it said he lost his mind he was exiled and he lived his days exiled on an aisle and this where he died so if you know that you're not connected and those listening at home you know you're not connected to the Lord God to the source the power of salvation then make that connection you're in the privacy of your home, you're in the privacy of where we worship today, fall to your knees and say, God, I confess my sin. It's just that simple. And then you'll understand all of this serenity and security and this service and power we speak of that is beyond belief. God's not going to turn His eye and His heart away from you. So what do you need to do tap into the real source of power I challenge you to tap into it today in just a moment as we pray that that we give God our heart and we say to him here am I use me here am I send me here am I I'm here to serve you whatever it is here I am Lord use me Even a man or woman of unclean lips, and you can cleanse that up and clear that up and you can clean that up. Here I am. Use me. Father, thank you that you give us opportunity today to be able to evaluate where we are in our relationship to you, to evaluate even for those who are not in relationship to be able to say, this is what I'm missing. Father, give them courage today to regardless of what others may ever think of them, that they commit their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, surrender their heart, and understand the gift of salvation this day. Father, thank you for taking the most wretched lives that have been lived on the face of this earth from centuries to centuries and generations to generations and how you have cleaned them up and turned them into great sources of strength and power for your service. Father, help us to reconnect with you, to renew ourselves, our relationship to you, and to fall in love with you all over again. Lord, thank you for being here, listening, and empowering us for daily living.